Sometimes, when you're reading a magazine at the end of a hard day, somebody comes into the room and turns on a light and only then do you realise how dark it has become and you wonder how you've been able to see anything at all. Well, that was how it felt after writing my autobiography, Extreme. Being made to look at my past, at things I had buried for so long, brought home to me the level of darkness that had become the norm in my life. But I needed the light to be turned on to see it. That light was Aussie sobriety. With it, my life changed. As I finished writing the last few pages of the book, my husband was celebrating one whole year of being sober and clean, the first time I had known him that way since we met in 1970, when I was 17, and he was a loony with a tap around his neck and no socks, squatting on the floor in my father's office where I was working as a receptionist. The Aussie I fell in love with, married and chose to be the father of my children, was an addict long before we even met. He did everything and anything the pharmaceutical industry could throw at him except heroin. In a recent programme on Channel 4, he topped the poll of drug-crazed musicians who, by all the laws of nature, shouldn't be alive. Strange as this may seem, I didn't see this as a problem at the time. It went with the territory, a territory I was literally born into. That old cliché of sex, drugs and rock and roll. The chaos, the craziness. It all seemed normal to me. It's only when you come out the other side that you think, oh my God, how did we survive that? It's been over two years since we celebrated Aussie's first incredible year of no booze and no drugs on 21st April 2005. That milestone, so unbelievable at the time, is now long gone. In that first year, there had been wobbly moments, mornings when I would wake up with my instinct saying something wasn't right, and the tension running through me like the high-pitched hum of an electricity pylon. I would get through the day in a state of panic, snapping at anyone who came near me, even Minnie, my Pomeranian, the only one, naturally, who would snap back. I would worry myself sick when we were apart, just as I had worried myself sick about the children when they were small, convinced that if I wasn't with them, something bad was sure to happen. For the first couple of years, my husband went to an AA meeting every day. It seemed to me that those meetings with other recovering alcoholics were like a substitute drug for him. He needed them. As for me, I was terrified that if he missed even one, he might say fuck it and give it all up, as had happened so many times in the past, and I'd find myself once again in that dark place I had only just emerged from. He didn't. Gradually, the not drinking, the not chucking painkillers down his throat as if they were Tic Tacs, became more natural both to him and to those around him. These days, although he still does his meetings, 
He doesn't need them in the same way, and they're no longer every day. Best of all, my husband has a hit record. Not only does that give him a high better than any drug invented, it's proof to him and to the rest of the world of what I have been saying all along, that he doesn't need outside stimulants to release his creativity. <laughs>